Praise the Lord. Well, I want to say hello because we are now online with Philadelphia Tabernacle. Come on, Chicago Tabernacle, let's make a shout for everyone at Philly Tab. God bless you guys. Hi, honey, my wife is over there. We are so excited to be able to worship the Lord, receive the word of the Lord together. I also want to say hi to everyone who's watching online. What a blessing we have the ability to share the word of God together. And we are now in the home stretch, as I mentioned, of the Living the Dream series. And I want to say this once again. If you have a heart for God, God has a dream for you. How many would say amen to that? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord created you with a plan in mind. The Lord created you with a purpose in mind. You are God's workmanship. You're not a mistake, okay? God has a wonderful plan for each and every one of us if we say, Lord, I want to live the dream. I want to follow your will and your way. And we've been studying the life of Joseph. And Joseph has been through so many things, but now fulfillment begins. Can I tell you something? Sooner or later, if you're faithful to God, if you can remain faithful even in unfavorable circumstances, then fulfillment will arrive because God will bring it to pass. What you're gonna see here today is that after a whole series, a number of years where God was primarily working on Joseph, teaching him things, developing things that he was gonna need for the future, what you see is that God, at a certain point now, doesn't just work in Joseph. He starts to work for Joseph to bring about the fulfillment. There comes a point in your life when God is not only working in you to grow you and to prepare you, but there comes a point in your life where God starts working on the other side to bring about fulfillment. And so you're going to see that that's what takes place in Joseph's life. I want to begin by um, highlighting something, you know, I'm in a painting class. And so I've learned that the old masters, you go to a museum and you see a masterpiece. I've learned that the old masters used to do what is called an underpainting. Okay, an underpainting. So um, this is the underpainting. It's usually one color. It's usually pretty, in a sense, monochromatic. The underpainting is the foundation for the masterpiece. And we tend to go to, we go to the museum and we see the masterpiece, but what we don't see is the underpainting. The underpainting is the preparation. Everyone say preparation. 
The underpainting is the preparation for the masterpiece. And what we uh, get to see and get to examine and study is that when you look at the whole life of Joseph up until now, God has been working on the underpainting. You see, but this was preparation for this. And the underpainting is just as important as this because this wouldn't look like this without this. And so the title of my message today is Dreamers Arrive Prepared. Everyone, everyone say, I want to be prepared. Preparation is a major part of the plan of God for your life. And if we could just embrace preparation, then we are on our way to fulfillment. But you got to embrace preparation. Here's what Joseph understood, and I was talking to the staff about this earlier this morning. Joseph understood as God was growing him, and I wonder if you understand this. Joseph understood that his toolbox didn't have all of the tools that he needed for the next level of fulfillment. And so Joseph understood that God was preparing him by filling his toolbox. Joseph understood that there were lessons for him to learn. See, Joseph wasn't one of those guys who would see someone do something, uh, some athlete do something great and think, oh, I could do that. I can, I can jump as high as they can. I can play as well as they can. Oh, I could do that. You know, and we yell at the TV as if it's easy. How many know that takes a lot of what? Preparation, you know? Oh, I could run a marathon. How many believe you could run a marathon today with no preparation? You know what that leads to, right? It leads to hamstring pulls and, and, uh, and it leads to weeks and weeks and weeks of soreness and injuries. How many know we gotta get prepared? We don't celebrate preparation, I notice but we can't make it without preparation. And what I wanna do is I wanna, I wanna say just a couple things before I read the passage. But part of what I wanna do is I want to challenge all of us to say, God, I wanna have a love for everything that you do in my life. Because if you want fulfillment, you have to receive the preparation. You know, I, I, uh, um, I have a collection of, of sad stories where I've literally seen someone get so blessed personally, professionally, but when they got the blessing in that life, they couldn't handle it. I literally have seen someone lose their family because of blessing. So you gotta be ready for what God really wants to do for your life. Are you ready? Are you ready for what God really wants to do in your life? Because if you're not prepared, 
If you're not prepared, it's not going to go well. You're not going to have the muscle and the strength needed to bring glory to God through what true fulfillment is all about. So let's, uh, let's read Genesis chapter 41. We're gonna, I can't read the whole chapter, but I'm going to read just enough for us to get a hold of the crux of the text today. And I'm going to highlight a couple things along the way. So uh, at the end of chapter 40, it says that Joseph was forgotten by the cupbearer. Then Genesis 41.1 says this, after two years had passed, the king of Egypt dreamed that he was standing by the Nile River when seven cows, fat and sleek, came up out of the river and began to feed on the grass. Then seven other cows came up. They were thin and bony. They came and stood by the other cows on the riverbank. Then the thin cows ate up the fat cows. Then the king woke up. He fell asleep again and had another dream. Seven heads of grain, full and ripe, were growing on one stalk. Then the seven other heads of grain sprouted, thin and scorched uh, by the desert wind. Then the, the, and blah. And the thin heads of grain swallowed up the full ones. The king woke up and realized that he had been dreaming. In the morning, he was worried, so he sent out for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. He told them of his dreams, but no one could explain them to him. Then the wine steward said to the king, I must confess today that I have done wrong. You were angry with the chief baker and me, and you put us in prison in the house of the captain of the guard. One night, each of us had a dream, and the dreams had different meanings. A young Hebrew was there with us, a slave of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us. Now, I want to stop right here. This is the moment when God is not just working on Joseph. Now God is working for Joseph. Sooner or later, the king that is ignoring you will have to pay attention to you. Sooner or later, doors that are closed, they will be opened by the power of the Most High God. How many believe that here today? Sooner or later, people who ignore you have to pay attention. When the hand of God moves, nothing can stop the fulfillment of God. Come on, put your hands together and say, yes, Lord. You got to stay in faith. You got to stay faithful. You've got to walk the path that God has for your life. Because sooner or later, when God steps in, then you see if God is for us, who can be against us? We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Don't jump off the path because it gets difficult. Don't run away because it gets too hard. Because if you are faithful to God, God will be faithful to you. 
Philadelphia, online, he will be faithful. A little bit more. It says, things turned out just as he said. You restored me to my position, but you executed the baker. The king sent for Joseph. Wow. The king sent for Joseph, and he was immediately brought from the prison. After he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came into the king's presence. We're talking about from the prison to the palace. How strong is God? How powerful is God? He's powerful enough to bring us from the prison to the palace. From last place to first place. Hallelujah. He can bring you from obscurity into a place of prominence and importance and impact. God is able. The king said, I have had a dream and no one can explain it. I have been told that you can interpret dreams. Now we're gonna talk about the value of preparation. It says, Joseph answered, I cannot. Joseph answered, I cannot. I can't. I cannot, your majesty, but God. Everybody say, but God. (laughs) Hallelujah. But God will give a favorable interpretation. And then he goes on. We're going to skip this, but then he goes on. And he lays out what the dream means. Okay? He lays out what the dream means. And he does more than that. Okay? In a sense, in a sense, the key verses of this text are verse 16. I cannot, your majesty, but God will give you, give a favorable interpretation. And then the key verse, key verses are also from 33 to 37. Listen to this. Now, you should choose some men with wisdom and insight. Some man with wisdom and insight and put him in charge of the country. You must appoint Uh, You must also appoint other officials and take a fifth of the crops during the seven years of plenty. Order them to collect all the food during the good years that are coming and give them authority to store up grain in the cities and guard it. The the food will be a reserve uh, supply for the country during the seven years of famine, which are going to come to Egypt because the dream was there's gonna be seven good years and seven bad years. You need to prepare. Everybody say prepare. Do you get it? Do you get that this whole story is about preparation? God is shouting in this chapter to us. It's all about preparation. Preparation is of God. Preparation is an act of the love of God. Preparation is the key to true and lasting fulfillment and impact in this life. A little bit more. It says, in this way, the people will not starve. And it says, the king and his officials approved this plan. 
So there does come a point on the journey, brothers and sisters, where fulfillment comes. If you live for God, if you honor God, I'm telling you right now, watching online in Philadelphia, no one who looks to him will ever be put to shame. How many know if you honor him, he'll honor you? If you honor him, he'll honor you. Come on, put your hands together and say, yes, Lord. So two key things about fulfillment and then we'll pray. Number one, fulfillment takes place when providential opportunity intersects with personal and spiritual, everyone, preparation. Okay, God will create the opportunity. God is able to open doors that no man can shut. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. God can move the king's heart. God can move whatever mountain needs to be moved so that his will will be done and so that your fulfillment will take place. Nothing is too hard for our God. Does anybody believe that here today? Hallelujah. But what we need to do is in the meantime, we need to trust. We need to believe. We started this whole series with saying, you've got to have faith that God has a dream and that God is going to take you to the places of fulfillment. You've got to have faith that God is working today. You may not experience fulfillment today, but right here, right now, God is with you. God is for you. God is doing what you need for tomorrow for fulfillment. Hallelujah. And whoever lives with that kind of faith, I'm telling you right now, you're going to see. So we have, to, we have to understand, last thing, and then we'll pray. Timing, everyone say timing. Timing is a big part of kingdom advancement, of kingdom fulfillment. Everybody say timing. God has perfect timing. And here's what he does. God leads with vision and dreams. Yes, he puts a dream in your heart, but there's a timing. Why? Because God develops the character of those who live by faith. Your character before your career. Because you walk with God, you're standing in God, who you are before God, how you're doing in God. Privately healthy goes first before publicly fruitful. Privately healthy, then publicly fruitful. What father says, you know what? My son is so successful, but he's miserable. Praise the Lord. No father says that. Your heavenly father wants you to be strong on the inside. Free on the inside. Right? Ready on the inside. So character first. And then lastly, God releases power and authority to bring about the fulfillment of his plan in due time. So come on, let's pray together. One church right now. Come on, in, if you're watching online, we are one church right now. You're in Philadelphia, we are one church serving the one and true living God. And Father, we unite our faith today, God. And God, we thank you, Lord, that you have a plan and a dream for our lives. God, we thank you that we are not forgotten, oh God.
God, we are always in preparation, oh God. And God, I ask that you would prepare us. Start with Chrissy and I. Prepare us, oh God. Prepare us, Lord, because you want more glory and more honor, Lord God. Grow us strong in the private place so that we can bear fruit in the public setting, Lord Jesus. God, we want to become all that you've called for us to become, oh God. So thank you that fulfillment does come, Lord Jesus. But Lord, today we want to receive and we want to honor and value your preparation. So God, however this applies in every stage of life, every heart, so be it. Let it be done in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Come on, hallelujah. Let's praise him one more time. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So Joseph fundamentally arrives prepared for this moment. Why did he go through so much stuff? It was preparation for this moment. There are two types of preparation. And both are very, very important. The first is in a sense spiritual. <clears throat> the second is, is holistic to our lives. And here's the first one. Number one, dreamers are prepared to honor God. Dreamers are prepared to honor God. True preparation is all about being ready to honor God. When you get the blessing, when you get the promotion, when you arrive at that place, God wants to prepare you to give him all the glory and all the honor and all the praise because that's what we're supposed to do. Will somebody say amen? Hallelujah. Are you living and hoping to honor God with your life? Do you have that deep sense of mission right now that says, God, I want my life to bring you the most glory? You got to be prepared. And when Joseph stands up, when Joseph comes into that moment, I want you to notice that he said, I can not. He said, Pharaoh, this is not about me. Pharaoh, I'm standing in your presence, not because of my gifting, not because of my abilities, not because of my resume. I'm here because of the goodness and the greatness of the most high God. Hallelujah. You've got to be prepared to honor God. If you're not ready to honor Jesus, you're not ready. God's process is powerful because when it's really God, I'm telling you, it prepares you to give him glory. I remember Pastor Matt used to be on staff here. His, my favorite message that he ever preached here was for God's glory and for our good. Everything that he does, all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And let me tell you something, everything he does is for our good, but also for his glory. Anybody here ready to give God glory? <laughs> Hallelujah. 
The saddest thing is to see a believer become successful by the blessing of God, and then they take the glory for themselves. And I wanna say this, if I can, I mean this with all the love. I think that we need to be careful that we don't overestimate our readiness to honor God. Because you only know your readiness to honor God by hand, how you handle the tough times. And if you don't handle the tough times well, chances are when you get to the good times, you won't do it either. And so this is, this is deep. Don't overestimate. If you can praise him in the valley, we said last week, then you'll praise him on the mountaintop. Hallelujah. If you could honor him in the tough places and say, Lord, I know you're with me because you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. Then when you stand up there, you're not all impressed with the press. You're just there to give God glory. Can I tell you something? I, I got such a fantastic, this is hot, or oh, this is June 6th, okay? ESPN, I love this. ESPN asked the Oklahoma, some of the Oklahoma Sooners girl softball team, they, they would go on to win the national championship for the third year in a row. They would go on to win it a few days later. But listen to this exchange. Alex Garber with ESPN, for, for the players, I know you talk about keeping the joy of the game, but I'm curious, it's a long season, right? And you guys have had the target on your back the entire time, the win streak being number one. How do you handle the unique pressure that comes with that? How do you keep the joy for so long when anxiety seems like a thing that could very easily set in? Well, the only way that you can have a joy that doesn't fade away is from the Lord. And any other type of joy is actually happiness that comes from circumstances and outcomes, um, I think Coach has said this before, but joy from the Lord is really the only thing that can keep you motivated, um, uh, just in a good mindset, uh, no matter the outcomes. Thankfully, we've had a lot of success this year, but if it was the other way around, uh, joy from the Lord is the only thing that can keep you embracing those memories, moments, friendships, and all of that. So uh, I would, that's really the only, the only answer to that because there's no other way that softball can bring you that um, because of how much failure comes in it and just how much of a roller coaster the game can be. Yeah, um, I think a huge thing that we've really just latched onto is eyes up. And you guys see us doing this and pointing up, but we're really like fixing our eyes on Christ. And that's something where, like they were saying, you can't find a fulfillment in an outcome, whether it's good or bad. And um, I think that's why we're so steady in what we do and, and our love for each other and our love for the game, because we know this game is giving us the opportunity to glorify God. Come on. And um, I just think once we figured that out and that was our purpose and everyone was all in with that, um, it's really changed so much for us. And I mean, I know myself, I, I've seen so much of a growth in myself with um, once I turned to Jesus and I realized how he had changed my outlook on life, not just <coughs> softball, but understanding how much I have to live for and that's living to exemplify the kingdom. And I think that brings so much freedom. <coughs> And I'm sure everyone's story is similar, but we all have those great testimonies that have really like shown how awesome it is to play for something bigger. Um, and I think that's just what brings me so much joy. And no matter the outcome, whether we get a trophy in the end or not, we're, this isn't our home. And I think that's what's amazing about it is we have so much more 
we have an eternity of joy with our Father, and I'm so excited about that. And yes, I live in the moment, but I know this isn't my home, and um, no matter what, my sisters in Christ will be there with me in the end um, when we're with our, our King. So, Hallelujah! Let's go! Come on, let's praise Him! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Are you ready to bring him glory? Do you understand it's all about giving him glory? And you learn in preparation that it's not about the trophy. It's not about the check. It's not about the, the thing that you've been dreaming about. The dream, living the dream is about giving him glory, brothers and sisters. That's what really counts, living the dream. Are you prepared to give him glory with your life? Live to give Jesus glory. That's what it's all about. And man, I mean, these, are, these are young kids, you know, but they have been prepared for that moment. And can I tell you something? I, I, wanna, I wanna pause here. They could send me a keyboard player, but I wanna pause here and I need to say something. Okay, we minister to our children behind the walls. Okay, and we want our most anointed and our best people serving so that we raise up kids who are full of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and confidence just like that. See, it's never been my dream to have the biggest church in the world and the most people. I'm telling you right now, you know what this is all about? You know what this life is all about? It's about giving God glory. We want to see people become. You know when you're becoming? You're becoming when you get ready to give God glory on the job, on the street, wherever you go, ready to give Jesus glory. Are you ready? Are you prepared to give him glory? That's what this is all about. Because Jesus is the only one who's worthy of all of the glory and all of the honor and all of the praise. Jesus is the superstar. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus was the lamb who was slain on our behalf. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is the only focus of our lives. Living the dream, hallelujah, is all about bringing him glory. Lord, help us to raise up young people like that. Help us. The next time we say, hey, it's time to serve, I wanna encourage you, you need to serve. Someone else into greatness. Okay, if we only serve ourselves, what is this all about? We're called to serve others into greatness. We're called to bring glory to God. And look, it's not easy. I wanted to put this other verse in to remind you that everyone has, has to keep feeling prepared. Chrissy and I have to keep getting prepared for to to stand and to bring honor to God. We have you we look, I'm not being negative, but but something worse than COVID could come. Don't say that. I don't want to hear those messages. 
I only want to hear fun stuff. You know what? When we get to heaven, it will be joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. But while we're here, we have to live our mission. You know what the mission is? Bring glory to Jesus. So look what Paul said to the Ephesians. Imagine the apostle Paul was saying, please pray for me. Look at what he said. He said, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Even the apostle Paul was like, man, I need the grace of God because I'm under so much pressure, but I know that God can help me. So that even when I'm afraid, I won't be afraid. Watch this. For which I am an ambassador. This is my, my mission. I am an ambassador right now in chains. And then he says, pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So it's not just when you win the World Series. You know, it's at all times. Anybody here ready to give him glory at all times? Hallelujah. Westminster Catechism, this is not coming up on a slide, but it says man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. What is your purpose? God's dream is about his glory and your good. Your ultimate impact, your ultimate fulfillment. God's dream will make you a true contributor to what counts. True fruitfulness. There's a difference between success and fruitfulness. Success is about what you attain. Fruitfulness is about what you give. A tree bears fruit, not just for itself, but so someone else can pluck that fruit and be nourished and blessed by it. That man is like a tree. Remember like a tree, how you living? Like a tree. Amen? So number one, dreamers are prepared to honor God. Here's part two to this, and you see this. Dreamers are prepared to work for God. Everybody say work. work. Work is a big deal in the kingdom of God. Can, you, can I tell you something? When you are a child of God, your job, what you do for work is a holy and sacred thing. We are called to work for God. How do I define this? Working for God is doing God's will, God's way with God's help. God's will, God's way with God's help. In other words, just because you leave church, right? Those girls taught us the lesson. Just because you leave church and now you're in the workplace doesn't mean you stop being a Christian when you cross the door of your job. We gotta be a Christian everywhere we go. And part of being a Christian is that we work. We work hard for our employer. 
We work hard because our work ethic is a testimony to who our mighty king is. We want to be on time all the time. We want to be the best workers because that gives us the opportunity. It creates a, a platform for you and I to say, Jesus is my strength. Jesus is my help. Jesus is the one who gives me the wisdom to do this job. It's not, there's no credit to me. It's all the glory to him. Yes, this text teaches us that. This text teaches that he had a wisdom and he had a plan that he received from God. He was prepared. He worked on fields before. He worked on fields. I've said this many, many times. He's worked on fields when he was in Potiphar's house. When he was in Potiphar's house, he wasn't grumbling. He was working. Work where you are today. How do you expect God to bring fulfillment today if you're in like get by or get over mode? How many know we need to work? Because work is a holy thing. Work is one of the ways that we bring glory and honor to God. Living the dream means that when you wake up in the morning, you say, Lord, this is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And you know what, Lord, should you give me life? When I put my head on the pillow, I wanna know that I know. Not that I was perfect or popular or anything, but I wanna know this, I wanna know that I live this day, which is the only day that I have. I don't have yesterday, I don't have tomorrow, but I only have this day, okay? You realize this is the only sermon that I have because I don't know about tomorrow, but right now, this is the only sermon I have. You see, so, so the key is I wanna put my head on the pillow knowing I gave my best for you, Lord Jesus. As a teacher, I gave my best for you. As a carpenter, I gave my best for you. My father, my late dad, used to have a, a saying. He used to say, some work at Chippy Choppy. He said, that's what Chippy Choppy, he used to say. You know, Chippy Choppy. He said, don't do that Chippy Choppy stuff. Come on, in Christians, in Christendom, there's no Cheapy choppy, no matter what we're doing. Come on, somebody say amen. Hallelujah. I know everybody has somebody who says stuff like that in their family, right? You work at it. And there's a wisdom. There's a wisdom that you need to develop and grow. As a pastor, the Bible says, study and show yourself approved. You know, sermons are not Pop-Tarts. You know, I didn't get this message on the internet. You know, and so, and every, you, you, I've, I've watched him. I've watched him grow and develop. And uh, trust me, if he hands this to me, I can't do what he can do. Okay, because he's had the bloody fingers. He's had the sore fingers. He has developed, he's, he's been mastering this for years. That's what it takes. 
It takes preparation. Everybody say preparation. Look, we're almost done, but I'm so glad. This is providence. You know, it's, it was God's will that he would be on the keyboard today. He doesn't usually play keyboard. He's actually, we've asked him to serve in this way. He has a different assignment, right? But Omar is a classic example of this. Okay, because you guys don't know this and nobody knows about your life. But a, a number of months ago, we said, Omar, we need you to pick up and we need you to go to Philadelphia for at least three months. We need you to work on this and we need you to work on that and we need you to work on this. So pick up your life and, and um, leave relationships that are important to you. Uh, um, but this is the call of God upon your life. And he said, yes. And, and, and uh, you know what? He didn't have the fellowship. He was alone. He didn't have all of those things, all of the comforts, all of the ease, all of the, the, the fun stuff. He was out there working hard. But you know what? He was alone a lot. Okay, and I, I'm, I know I'm putting him on the spot, but can I tell you something? He's come back different. He's more of a man of God. He's had more time in the presence of God. He's closer to the Lord. He has more clarity. You know, he, he's, he's more prepared. Every one of us have our season. Look, we just, we just took someone on staff, Bailey. Pray for Bailey, our worship leader. Uh, um, at Philadelphia, she cut her toe. She couldn't even go in today because she cut her toe. She had stitches and she left her family. Like Abraham, she left her family. She left her friends. She, she could have worked for her father's church, but, she, but God spoke to her and said, I have a plan for your life. And, and now she's here and now she's in a brand new city. Uh, um, and, uh, and, you know, and a new job and, and more alone. And, and now she cuts her toe open. And, but you know what it is? It's all preparation, Bailey. It's all preparation. This is real. Each and every one of us. One day, like, and he's already said it, man, those three months were such a blessing to me. You know? Every one of us, we have seasons of preparation. Look at life with different eyes. Look at life as God is working in you because he wants to work through you. I remember, listen to this, President Nixon once told Winston Churchill's son how much he admired the prime minister's great ability at giving extemporaneous speeches. Extemporaneous means just off the cuff, just boom. And here's what his son said. Churchill's son replied, oh yes, I've watched my father work for hours preparing those extemporaneous speeches. Wow, he just talks off the cuff. You know, he didn't prepare for that. Oh, yes, he did. Because in life, there's preparation. And look, part of, of my responsibility as your pastor is to tell you what will grow you. And I'm telling you right now, 
any life that is fruitful for God, that life is built through the preparational seasons of God. Any person who gets up to the high point, the point of actually fulfillment, who's not prepared, they will not be able to deliver what God designed for them to deliver. It takes preparation. And so today, as we go to close, I want you to know that this, we had a pretty powerful prayer meeting. We ended the prayer meeting. Uh, um, I actually said to the people, okay, it's time to go home now so you can be dismissed, but I need to open the altar. And, and we talked about surrender. Everybody say surrender. And I said, you gotta surrender to God's will for your life. And I need to say it again today. If you're watching online or in Philadelphia, can I tell you something? You have to surrender to God's dream. And you have to say, Lord, I trust you. I believe you. And God, I say, have your way with my life. And when the going gets tough, you say, Lord, I know I'm not forgotten. I know that you're working in me. God wants to work in you. Why? Because he wants to work through you. And when he does that work through you, you'll be so full of joy, so satisfied, so content. No one who looks to him will ever be put to shame. But this is a holy thing. Your life is not your own. My life is not my own. We belong to, the, to God. We belong to Jesus.